It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. The Las Vegas Aces beat the Connecticut Sun 78-71 in Game 4 and won the WNBA Finals 3-1, giving Las Vegas its first major professional sports championship. There's no one better to discuss the implications for Las Vegas sports than my returning guest, veteran journalist Ron Futrell, 8 News Now sports anchor reporter and the man who knows where all the bodies are injured. You can follow Ron on Twitter <laughs> at Ron <Hey> Futrell. <laughs> Ron, welcome back to the show. <laughs> well, with Lake with Lake Mead now, the water getting lower. Yes, we're we're finding some of them now, and I think those are old sports betters. I can't say before, <laughs> but bookies are betters that had scores to settle. Yeah, that they're, exactly. That they're finding up at the bottom of the lake now. <laughs> well, <laughs> my wife thought I shouldn't use that line on you because it made Las Vegas look bad. But you, you got to laugh at everything. That's the it's, way I look at it. Well, come on. We we know the city. We've both been around for a long time, Ira. We've seen we've seen a lot of transition in this city. <laughs> exactly. Are are you surprised at the fact that the Las Vegas Aces won the championship this time around? No, n- not surprised at all. That team they're the best, most talented team in the league. Uh, there's only and there's only twelve teams in the WNBA, so it's a small league by other standards. And the other teams have at least thirty teams in them. So. No, they're the, of the 12 teams in the WNBA, they were the best team going into the season. They had the most valuable player. They had the comeback player of the year. They had the coach of the year. They had won all those uh, awards in different areas. So, no, it did not shock you. They were the favorites to win this thing, and they did. So, came away with the title, came away with the championship, and uh, and won it. Well, here's my first non-sports question, which, as you know, we go back a long way. I yes. am a true non-sports person. So, how did they get to that point where they could win the championship this soon? in terms of the team? Oh, good good question, because they didn't succeed in their other cities where they were at. They were in Utah, they were in San Antonio, and then came here eventually and lit fire. I, I'll, I'll tell you what I think it was. They had Bill Lambeer as their coach for the first two, three years that they were here, I think three years, and then Be- Becky Hammond. I think a lot of it has to do with Becky Hammond as the head coach of this team, uh, one of the best coaches in the WNBA and certainly – I'm going to go probably the best best coach in WNBA. And there's a lot of people talking about her now possibly coaching uh, in the NBA somewhere, that she might be the first female to be a head coach in the NBA. That would be remarkable. Absolutely. That would be some pretty, that would be some pretty big news. Absolutely. Uh, but she's, yeah, she, she gets the most out of her players and a, a very talented team. Not a not a deep team. They got five starters that are the best in the business, and and they took those five starters, uh, added a couple of others off the bench that got better as the playoffs went on, and ended up winning it. It's also looking at it again from a non sports perspective. It seems to be a combination of good coaching, a good team relationship with between the coach and the team, and then also obviously outstanding performers on the team. Did I miss any oh, yeah. other element of that? No, no, you're right there. Talented as can be. Um, they had a great home court. Mandalay Bay right there is a great place for them to play. 
and it's it's a perfect size for them, about ten thousand seats. So it um, so it's it's not too big that you get lost in an arena, but it's it's small enough that you can also have a, a legitimate home court advantage. So they put all those things together to uh, to win it all, and had had the parade slash rally uh, at Bally's and C- uh, excuse me across from Bally's, so it'd be Bellagio and Caesars on the strip um, a week or so ago. And that was a big event. A lot of people showed up for that. Everybody televised it live. We did it here at Channel 8 and showed it, and and it showed most of it. Uh, some of the stuff you couldn't show because of the language, but <laughs> there, there, were stations, there were stations that even showed it with, with the language. Okay, so they didn't have that beat button. <laughs> but well, one of one of those, I believe, is my old station, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> that they forgot or they didn't have the people. But, but it, it was, but but we we fortunately did not have any of that stuff on our station, and we showed the, but we still showed the relevant parts of the celebration. Right. What are the macro implications of this win for Las Vegas? Boy, I don't, I don't know. I mean that that uh, we've had a, a major league professional sports franchise win a championship here. And that's not happened before. Now we've had other professional teams win championships. The stars did it. Triple A baseball. You now are the aviators Had other smaller teams that did it. That were professional that were still professional, but this is um, on a major league level. That's the top of the women's sport to win a championship here in Vegas. The A team, you know, more, more will and you can go back non-professional, Rebel Golf won it in 1998, won the NCAA title. Rebel Basketball, of course, in 1990, and we can both remember that parade when the Rebels won it all. And that that was nuts, what that did for the city and, and that parade and the rally at the Thomas and Mack Center after the game. So we've had champions here before. This is the first one that fits into that category. I mean, it would take, you know, it would take, take the Aces, uh, rather the Knights or the Raiders to win a championship. Right. Or once a, a an NBA team or a major league baseball team come here to win a championship to be able to equal or exceed that. I want to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights and the Las Vegas Raiders in a moment, but and okay. I know I've asked you this before, but I I always like your perspective. And what was the catalyst for all of it? It seems sudden to me, and maybe not to you, but all of a sudden we become a major sports destination. What was the genesis of that? What was, and then what created the momentum? Yeah, well, I'm going to say the genesis was MGM and AEG getting together to build T-Mobile Arena. So you had all of a sudden a top-notch major league arena and not to discount the Thomas and Mack, but it wasn't that, you know, it it wasn't that. We saw with the 2007 NBA All-Star Game that the the Thomas and Mack still had some insufficiencies they had to take care of it. So anyway, so, so. I've always said over the years, uh, when people would ask me, when are we going to get a major league sports franchise? You know, when are we, Rebels are great, but when are we going to get? And I had three things an arena, fan support, whether it's there or not, is the question. And the third thing, of course, is sports gambling. That kept the major sports franchises away until, you know, in the mid uh, teens, last uh, decade. Until the NHL took a chance and said, I, I, I don't think it was much of a chance. They got smart, I'll say, and said, no, we could, we could still do it in Vegas without that. And we had the Maloofs and Foley get together, buy a team, pay half a billion dollars for a franchise fee 
to be able to get a team here and have so all those things with the Knights were broken down. You had an arena. You uh, the sports betting was no longer an issue. In fact, sports team betting entities and casinos and properties embraced sports in Vegas. And then we saw the fan support was there. And so all, all of those three things were met. And then it was game on for the Raiders from there. It was, let's bring them on and, and see what they can do. And, and it, it, it has been fascinating. And Ira, I know you will, you find it fascinating being in the casino industry for so long here in town, how, how sports franchises and leagues have now combined forces with sports betting entities <laughs> where they once were, where it was persona non grata. It was not a buoy cune for baseball wouldn't even allow casinos, not sports books, just a casino Caesars to put their logo on the outfield wall at, at Cashman field years ago. Remember those parties we used to hold? I, I, I emceed a few of them at the Tropicana, right? Um, uh, where NF we'd bring in NFL stars, current and former NFL stars. I remember one there at the Trop with um, anyway, a handful of different NFL players. And, and coaches, it was uh, Bum Phillips was one of the guys that was there, who was the, one of the guys who was, who was featured there from the Houston Oilers at the time. And we had, the, and then the NFL, the NFL put the kibosh on those and right, said, no go, right, can't yeah. do that. We, we don't even want you to hold those parties anymore. <laughs> yeah. And okay, no current or former players. And, and so they shut that down and now they fully embraced. It is, yeah, a, and that's as it should be. That's as it should. Be. Right? Were you surprised, given your experience and your perspective, all these years in town and in this industry? Were you surprised at the change? I think you probably expected it to happen, but did you expect it to happen this quickly? Quickly? No, I did not expect it this quickly. And one of the key parts of all of this happening was the U.S. Supreme Court made a decision when New Jersey wanted to have sports gambling, sports betting in their state, and and it was not allowed. And the Supreme Court looked at this and said, why? You know, why, why is it allowed in Nevada? Of course, we liked it because we were in control here in Nevada that we could have this to ourselves. Sort of greedy, but why not? Um, <laughs> but, then we, but then we realized that this was a genie out of the bottle type of thing. And once the genie had gotten out that it was going to spread to all the other states, and eventually it likely will. Uh, it's now in half the states, I believe. You know, New Jersey, then New York now has it. California does not. They will soon. They'll see that it's a moneymaker for them. So once that happened, the sports leagues realized they couldn't ban teams. They, they wouldn't have any states left to play in <laughs> if, they, if they couldn't, if they had to ban sports betting. So they had to come to an agreement, figure it out. Oh, and now they're jumping in and making a bunch of money off it. So they're happy. Right. They're making a ton of money. They were dragged kicking and screaming into the arena, and then they realized, oh, we can make money. Yes, they finally were pushed into honesty because it was <laughs> it, it was it was hypocrite. It was hypocritical. Yes, because it was one of the most hypocritical things in the world was was the, the NFL um, not wanting anything to do with gambling, but realizing that a late season game between let's see the bad Buffalo bills and the bad Cincinnati Bengals back in the day, nobody was watching that unless they had money on the game. And it was likely illegal out of New York somewhere with illegal bookmakers. Cause that's the large, the large percentage of betting is still with illegal bookies and illegal 
Now it's catching up as more states allow it legally. But as and the NFL knew that, but they still wanted to hold it against Las Vegas. Now, now there's no way for them to do that anymore, and they can't because all the states have jumped. Not all, but many of them have jumped on board, and eventually, most, almost all of them will. Yeah, the train has left the station in that sense. Yes, yes, it has. Again, what fascinates me is that you've always maintained your passion for sports and sports reporting. Are you delighted that you are still in the game at this point in Las Vegas sports history? Yes, and delighted might be one word. Surprised. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, so, so say yeah. That, okay. That, I've, I've been I've been fooling people for this long. That's <laughs> the way I see it, and I, right. I do see it that way. And it, it's sincerely not just a joke, but so like I still get to do this and. And so, yeah, I like the, the situation I'm in here. The channel eight is great. And, and what basically, uh, we have four people on our sports staff and I'm the number one person on the sports staff. How's that? And, right. and I like that, that it's help out, do what needs to be done. Go out there. If, if they got time to throw me on air, that's okay too. Either uh, way, yeah, do it that. works. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that part of your appeal, I have always felt this, part of your appeal is you make sports accessible in terms of the knowledge of sports, you make it relatable when you report. So it's not an assumption that everybody knows all the arcane aspects of sports. In other words, as a non-sports person, I can follow you and enjoy the reporting and understand it. At least that's my perspective. I don't know. It may not be yours. So I'll give you the floor. Well, no, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. And it is, to, to me, it's, well, part, a lot of it's what TV news is. And it is, we, we have to now. I'm going to say before the days of TiVo and DVRs, where you could record. That's sort of old, isn't it? Uh, but <laughs> where you could record stuff. Um, you, you had with TV news, you had one pass, and people had to understand it and get it with one pass. Okay. Whereas a magazine or anything printed, obviously you can read it over and over again. If you didn't get the paragraph prior, you can read it again. You don't have that luxury with the voice with radio or TV. Again, prior to when people could record and rewind and look at something back over again, you had to do that. But that's my training. So right. it's, it's to be able to talk in a, at a, we say at a fifth grade level, maybe it's a third grade <laughs> level. I don't know. It might be kindergarten. No, in my case, it's, yeah, in my case, it's kindergarten. So yeah. Kindergarten, kindergarten. But to talk at, a, at an easily understandable level without a whole lot of words and short choppy sentences so that people know so that people can get it. There is a method to that madness. I don't know if it's an art or a style, but I've always had a pretty conversational style that has fit that. I'm not going to get, I'm, I'm not going to try to impress you with big words on a sports cast unless I do it as a bit, as a joke. Right. Well, <laughs> also too, pe people should not be fooled by, by your conversational and, and accessible style because you've, been one of those sports reporters that have exposed a lot of things about sports that people didn't want to know about over the years. So people should realize you're you're a really good hard news sports reporter as well as an accessible and easy to understand sports reporter. I think that's well, thank you. Difference. Yeah, it's, I think it's it's about shifting gears. Right. Sometimes you have to shift gears, and there were times over the years here in town where you where let's go the Rebel basketball days, and you were here then. Right. We were leading many newscasts. Two or three newscasts a week were led with UNLV basketball stories, not just sportscasts. Sportscasts would be all Rebel basketball, pretty much, unless it was a big fight in town. Um, 
but it would be, you know, the lead story for good or bad. And sometimes it was bad. And so that required a little bit of investigative reporting to be able to cover stuff. And Jeff Gurman was a large part. I'm going to mention him right now. Uh, the late Jeff Gurman, who was um, murdered at his house. And there is a suspect in custody right now, but I, and I didn't want to bring it this direction. But he, he was a, a large help in those UNLV basketball days of uncovering a lot of that stuff. And whatever I got out of that from a journalist's point of view, I probably learned from him in the sense because he would he was on it at the Sun at the time, and he and I would share theories, ideas, stories. What have you heard? This is what I've heard. How does that square with what your sources are telling you? And here's what my sources are telling me because we were we were embroiled in that, and that was a four or five year time in history here in the around the 90s when that was the biggest news story investigative story, journalistic story in Las Vegas. And he and he and I were on top of that. We got it right. And I'll, I will never apologize for that, for getting it right. But it took a lot of work. He was, um, a, and, he was a tenacious reporter and you need those yes. types for that kind of work. Absolutely. Yeah. And he was, he was that guy at the sun. Um, he broke the story on Roly Massimino's secret contract. And I won't go into all the details on that, but second secret supplemental contract. I remember Jeff Gurman that day calling me up in the morning saying, Ron, are you sitting down? Yeah, what's up? Oh, no, we got a big one coming up in the sun this afternoon. You're going to want to take a look and, and you know, start calling some people now because he and I had shared information in church. So we were, we had, I make no apologies for working together with him on that because it worked for both of us and it worked for the viewers and the readers. Right. Uh, and that's why uh, I wanted people to know that part of you as well, yeah. those who are new to to listening to you and, and understand that you're a very affable guy, but you're also a very strong reporter and you dig and, and it's a good shout out to Jeff Gurman as well. Yes. No, he, I, I appreciate how he helped me. Before I get into the Raiders and also Formula One and VGK, and we'll somehow cover this in the next 10 minutes, but real quick, something that always has bugged me and you can answer my question, why is it that TV sports, when they're showing highlights of a game, they have to play music behind it? Oh, because we're not very good, and they we want something to distract from our voice. Um, <laughs> that's, I don't know. That's not true. <laughs> so, um, I, I think it's it's to make it more palatable. <laughs> How about that? To taste better, so that you can, um, so it's so so you don't fall asleep as you're watching it. I got you. I, I, I'm okay. going to put it as short attention span theater. Okay, <laughs> and, and that's that's what we do sometimes. We are we are short attention span theater. And under that theory of short attention span, it's like, give them some stimulation all the time. They can't, we don't want them to <laughs> think we're not stimulating them. So does that uh, also include the reason why a lot of times these announcers on games, doesn't matter the sport, they can't shut up for two seconds and let you just enjoy the game? No, they can't. Unless they're the late, great Vin Scully. Oh, yes. He was, he was classic and he knew how to do that. Yes. 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 It, it, and I, I would put, um, you know, last night... Um, the broadcast and, and some of the stuff going on there it was fun to fun to listen to Al Michaels do the game because he knows how to do a football game. And he even mentioned the point spread towards the end of the game a little bit and, <laughs> and referred to how, okay, there's not a whole lot left to play for except for, well, one more thing. We'll see how many points get scored. It looks like a low total here in this game, something to that effect. <laughs> now, now you can open you know, they will talk about points right. more open. Players can't, the coaches can't, nor should they, because that's you've got to have that distance. But now the NFL, I'm back on the serious side of that. Now the NFL can police all this stuff a little bit better because it's it's out in the open. 
right now. They know they know if funny money is going one direction or another, and that's how betting scandals get broken. Uh, how they get busted. How uh, illegal sports betters get busted. But if that's all underground, then you don't have that advantage. So yeah, I know exactly. I, I jumped off into a no. That, that's okay. But, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a couple of bullet points so I can get all my points in before we finish. But I also okay. want to say Vince Scully not only was classic but class and. You don't always get yes. that in sports. Okay, real quick. So Las Vegas Raiders, can they turn it around? Oh, they can. They got to start Sunday against the Broncos. Um, they got to, then, then they have Kansas City the week after that. So they got to win their next two games and, and go to their bye week with a 3-2 and two record. They can because two reasons. Well, you have a 17-game season, so you have a, one game longer than what we've been used to in the distant past, the second, second or third, second year that they've gone with 17 games. Uh, so they'll have more time and they'll need every week if they're to come back. Um, that's number one. And the AFC West is one of the best divisions in, in football. So we thought, and they, they still may be, but, but there's a couple of teams, Kansas city and Denver that have faltered, uh, early on that are two and one. So the, the, there's nobody running away with this division, but the Raiders have to start. They got to start it with a win Sunday, beat Denver, beat the, beat the chiefs and they got a shot. Okay, Formula One, November 2023. How significant is this? Oh, wow. The biggest event ever in Las Vegas. Notice I didn't say sports in there. The biggest event, period, in Las Vegas will be Formula One and worldwide because of the nature of what it is. Uh, the, the storm that is going to hit this city is unlike anything we have ever seen. And you and I have seen a lot of stuff, Ira, <laughs> over True. the years in this town. You know, and, and so with all the great major fights and the, the polls coming in 2024, but 2023, November, so a little over a year, 410 days away. I have an app on my phone that can tell you exactly how many days away it is, but uh, it is the greatest race teams, the greatest cars. NASCAR has been great for what it's done for the city over 20 years. Uh, spent a, a couple of billion dollars worth of revenue to our city. But, and those are great people. Those are the NASCAR fans of the people that own Chevy dealerships and Ford dealerships in North Carolina and Tennessee and stuff like that. This is, this is going to be the Mercedes and, and Land Rover and Jaguar owners from Berlin and, and from uh, London. And the, 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 this is the clientele that's going to be coming here for that race is going to be uh, a different level, a worldwide level that we have not seen before. I'm so looking forward to that, Ira. And in the meantime, you and I, because we've been here so long, we're going to have our own Grecian Formula One race. Oh, that would be fun. They have that now. Oh, very good. It's slow and it's white. (laughs) It's grayish, whitish. Yes. Make no doubt about what color it is. um, Yes. Very good. (laughs) Will we get an NBA and or an MLB team anytime soon? Yes. Yeah, I it's easier to get an NBA team here because we've got the arena and more on the drawing board to be built. Baseball is a little more complicated because they got to find the land, but they want to come here. They want the A's want to come here. Major League Baseball wants them here. They got to find the land to be able to make it happen and do it here. That's the biggest question right there. If they can find the land, they would have been here already. They would have made that announcement already, but they do still have the A's have two years left on their contract in Oakland at Alameda Coliseum. So this is a dicey little dance that they have to do to, you know, not leave so soon that it just shuts out the hands. But you got to start. You got to break some ground and start building an, 
an indoor, either retractable or a full-time dome stadium here in Vegas. And that's right now the festival lot is the one that's leading. That's the one at the corner of Sahara and the Strip. Right now, I believe has has the best chance. Of, so, so there is, a, yeah. So there, that spot. there is sufficient real estate still available, even at this point. Yeah, they talked talked about your old stomping around the Tropicana at one point. That was recently, as you know, bought by Bally's. So I don't know whether that's off the table. I don't know if Bally's bought it to sell it or to build a baseball yeah. stadium there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Well, they're officially but, part of Bally's now, yes, in the last uh, week or so. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that was another area that they were looking at on the strip. That that would be remarkable. Hey, the folks at MGM would like that, wouldn't they? Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I'd like it as a as a person who drives a car or tries to get to one of these places. To and from or <laughs> yeah, around. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, and we've learned, like, I've gone to quite a few Indy 500s. And when you go to the Indy 500, if you're a local, you know to leave hours early and st- or stay away from the area if you're not going or you're going to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, last question before okay. I let you go. What is okay. what, what do you see for the future of Las Vegas sports when I say the future in the next five to ten years that you think of as significant? I'm going to call it the sports capital of the world uh, that, that I love with the LVCVA, the Convention Authority people, have an ad out. And they talk about Las Vegas as being the stadium of the world to come here and perform various sport events. We see major soccer teams. Barcelona against Madrid played here just a couple of months ago. Are you kidding me? You know, we had that at, at Allegiant Stadium. Formula One on the Strip when that's coming. NFL Draft. The NFL Pro Bowl is going to be a regular fixture here in Las Vegas for years to come. Super Bowl is coming here in 2024 along with the Formula One and the major boxing events, UFC events that we've had here, go back to all the outdoor fight teasers and everything. You have definitely got me excited about it. So you're going to, yeah. have, to you're going to have to come back again. I, <laughs> um, anytime. I appreciate it. I always I have you on at least once a year, but it may start to get where it's every six months, the way everything is building. Count me in whenever you, whenever you like. You got and, it. I uh, always appreciate talking to you, Ira. Thanks, Ron. My guest has been veteran journalist Ron Futrell, 8 News Now sports anchor reporter in Las Vegas. You can follow Ron on Twitter at Ron Futrell. Ron, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Ira. Have a good one. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ivor David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.